Some people are good at it and some people aren't. I can't knit, Nan can knit. I can catch fish, they can't catch fish, just how it is. I was a good wreck fisherman, then I became a commercial fisherman. And that was just, I loved it. I had a passion and I followed it. Hello and welcome to Propagate, the podcast devoted to young farmers and fishers. My name's Corey Haig and today I'd like to take you out for a bit of a boat ride down the Hawkesbury River. That's the office for Paul Aquilina, who's a young fisherman who's pretty much done everything he can to make fishing his whole life. But before we set sail, we'd like to warn you that despite being in freshwater, there's a little bit of salty language. So be careful playing it around any of your young ones. Put on your life jacket, let's cast a net, and let's hit the water with Paul Aquilina. Although the locals know him by a different name. The kids call me the eel man. The local kids and the local like dads or, or the mums will be like that eel boy. How did you start in the game of fishing? I just had a dream and I followed it. Finished school. I stopped going to school much, go fishing. Go out for free, keep going for free, and then eventually I got a job. I went and got a trade because I was told if you want a job on this boat, you've got to get a trade because they didn't, a lot of guys are like, no, you're too smart for this, don't do it. And then I went and got a trade and then the day I finished my trade, I went and straight went to boats. So you were actually volunteering to work on other people's boats? Yeah, I was doing tucker runs. They feed you and you go for free. And then sometimes I get a bit of holiday work on school holidays. I just not go to school at all and just go out for fun and just spend days at sea. And I used to work on the ocean. It's just sick. Just like you're out in the ocean or on this big boat and love the ocean and Loved all the birds and seeing all the fish get caught and learning about all the nets and you get back to the wharf and there'd be all these people there watching you unload and it just felt so cool, like they're all so interested. All the holiday makers are coming down the trawlers and watching you unload in the mornings. And I loved it. It's just a good feeling, it was cool. I just loved it, it was like a little holiday. And then licenses come up and I started leasing and then I did all my leasing and then Eventually, it was time to buy in and I started to save a bit of money and I knew I was, I was good at it and I just bought in and then slowly expanded from there. Talk through leasing because a lot of people wouldn't understand what that actually means. I was paying 250 bucks a week and 20% of me catch. So if I made a thousand bucks a week, he'll take 250 of that plus 20% of the thousand I made. So he'd make 450, I'd make 550 for the week. So it was a benefit to him and it got me a start in the industry. Because I didn't have the funds behind me just to jump balls deep into it and go. I mean, how much thought went into that? Oh, I just said I want to be a fisherman. And then that was it. I just looked and looked and looked until I found a licence to lease. And then it started from one boat. And then with one endorsement, trapping, then it was one boat with 10 traps. Then it become one boat with 10 traps and 700 metres of net. Then before you know it, there's a whiting net and a brim net and a jewfish net and a mullet net. Then there's still 10 traps and then there's another boat now and that's got the nets on it and then there's the traps and then there's another boat and now I'm fish trapping and I'm eel trapping and I'm crab trapping and I'm meshing and then there's another boat and then now I've got a boat to leave nets in all night for brim and then I've got a night I've got a brim boat then I've got a um, mullet boat and then another boat turns up so now I've got a boat set up for all night setting in the winter time leave the nets out all night I've got a boat set up for splashing which is put the net out and pull it back in and then I got a boat set up with just the other random nets that I don't use much because I was too lazy to pull nets in and out every day. And then before you know it, you got six boats. And then 
the reform come through and I was like, oh, I really wanted to go trawling. So the reform come through and I couldn't make a living out of what I used to do because to reinvest in what I've always done was too expensive and trawling was a cheaper option. So it kind of all fell into place that, all right, I'm going trawling now. So then I went trawling and then, then I stayed trawling and then I've got these six other boats plus I've got a prawn trawler and then the trawler broke and then I've gone and bought another trawler. So now I've got two. So if one breaks down, I'll use the other one if they're, or I go eeling or meshing or fish trapping or crabbing or, yeah, just, it started from one thing and I just kept working it up and buying more. Whenever I get enough money, invest into it again and I want to try something else and buy this license and then try something else, buy this license. Someone's pulled that trap up, they've undone it. That happens a lot. That's why it was snagged on the bottom, because it's moved. I can't even imagine what that's like. How often does it happen? I'll lose, I'll lose probably five traps a week. Yeah, if you're forever making traps, forever. It never stops. As soon as you think you got ahead, you go and put your traps down and come back and you only get three traps out of the 10. And you're like, oh, great. Go back home, get all them traps and go put them back in again the next day or the same day. That's the top of the mountain on where I live, like, and people still pinch my traps when I'm that close. Like, it's just, it's just how it is, it's a public river. It's a pain in the ass, but I hate losing traps. Have you ever caught someone messing around with them? Yeah, ran into him, funny as. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, that's my trap. I'm like, no, it's not, it's got my name on it. And he just tries to argue, tell me the buddy sky's red. Because I'm local and everyone knows me, you always find out who it was. And then sometimes you just rock up to their house and bang on the door and go, hey, um, so-and-so said you got one of my eel traps. They'll be like, no, I don't. And you'll generally see it in their boat or something. And you'll be like, and then they'll just give it back and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't know. And you're like, well, dude, don't go steal me trap. And generally there's some trader who's at a rain day. And you'll be like, mate, am I going to go and steal your nail gun out of your truck? And he's like, no. And I'm like, would you like it? And I'm like, no. I'm like, well, don't steal my nail gun. That's my eel trap. Like, it's the same thing, same principle. I don't go take his tools, these are my tools in my trade. But it happens all the time. Every time it's a rain day during the week, you always lose gear. Always. It's a, if it's a rain day, because all my mates have days off at night, that's when people, all tradies put their boats in on a rain day. And now I don't trap weekends as much because you lose too much gear from the general public. They'll just go and steal you, take your traps home. But if you get caught with a commercial trap on the boat, I know there's some sort of fine, I don't know how much it is. Do you think maybe some people don't realise that this is a business? Well, it's written all over it. Every trap I've got, please don't touch this, this is my living. And I have my Instagram, and um, it'll say if you want, some traps say if you want to see, all my fish traps mainly, if you want to see what goes on, follow my Insta and there'll be photos of it, then they understand. And I've got a lot of, a lot of like younger blokes that all get into wreck fishing and that on the weekends, they'll follow me on Insta and be like, oh, I've seen your trap here. And, Rah, 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 that's sick, dude. Cheers or something. But it's just all about, yeah. You can't be on the river all the time watching your gear. And you don't want to be. You want to be able to just do your work and yeah, get it done. You don't want to be sitting here watching for someone to steal your trap. That's just one of the perils of commercial fishing in public rivers. There's also the generational issues. 
Like a lot of traditional farming, there are family dynasties that exist, and new faces aren't always welcomed with open arms. So what's Paul's experience been like out on the water? Oh, some people think I don't belong in this. My father's father was a fisherman. Rah, rah, rah. I don't give a shit. I'm a fisherman and I want to be one. And I've gone and spent my money and daddy didn't hand it to me. I've done it by myself. I've had, I've had help from me folks like engine blows up on the boat and I started and I was doing it tough and I couldn't afford an engine. And like I'm buying rubbish nets, rubbish boats, rubbish engines and everything just breaks and breaks down. And then I finally got ahead with that and then like an engine, I got an engine for the net boat. And then, well, my first engine was the eel boat and that went. And then I had enough money to go and buy one straight away. So I went and bought one. But then the net boat, I wasn't catching much fish in the net at that stage. And it broke, so I had to borrow money from mum. And then I had a sick week and I paid it off next week. Eventually I started from rubbish gear, rubbish boats to all good boats. I've got some new boats that I've got built or I've, or we've made them into what they are and changed them. How daunting was it to go from food and rent to business overheads? Well, not really, I just got good at fishing. So some days I was struggling and I'd be up for like 40 hours, 50 hours, just work and work and work and just to make sure I got there. And then you'd work Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, but you've, by Wednesday you made enough money and then Thursday, Friday you'd cruise, but I worked seven days for ages. I think for the first four years I worked seven days a week, didn't stop. Tell me what it was like in those early days of the seven days a week, because I think a lot of people say, I'm really prepared to work hard, but when it comes down to it, they're not actually prepared to work seven days a week. Well, I was sick. Sometimes it really sucked, other times it was really good. But I learned a lot, like I worked real hard and really clicked on. And then what I used to go and I'd work all night netting fish, what I catch in a night, I'll go out on a tide change and catch in two hours. So instead of scratching a little bit of fish, a little bit of fish, a little bit of fish, now I can go out in the perfect time and catch a lot of fish in one go. I've caught more, the same or if not more as what I used to catch in 10 hours, I'll do it in two hours now. Just because I know the right times and when the fish are going to be where they're going to be, because they're creatures of habit. So I go out and I catch them fish that I know are going to be there. Sometimes they're not there and then you'll be like, oh crap, and then you've got to quickly just go and find other fish. But a lot of the time it has worked for me. Like I think the fish are going to be there or the prawns are going to be there and I go and get them. I mean, you make it sound simple, but a lot goes into it. Oh, as a lot goes on, and you stress out sometimes because sometimes you can't find the fish. Like I had a period for two weeks, I just didn't find much fish, but I still made a wage and I could still pay rent, still pay food, but like I couldn't like just go and blow it up against the wall because I didn't make much. And then other weeks you get that big hit or you're just, yeah, you just clue on. You just got to always just keep on it. The day you, you go and have a week off and then you've got to start cluing on again because you've left them fish for a week or them eels or prawns and you don't know what's going on, you've got to start again. Something I really wanted to know was, do you consider yourself a businessman? Nah. I just kind of do what I have to do, really. I just, I don't know, catch my fish and if I have a lot and I can't get rid of it local, put it in the market. Just take it to market, put your tickets on it, let them take their commission, drop it off. Like all the other guys just go to the co-op. Whereas I market my own product. And I wouldn't say I'm a businessman, it's just I've got my local market, so I make more money selling fish from home or instead, like, I pack prawns every afternoon when I'm trawling, so I'll put prawns, I'll trawl, all, I might trawl all day or on the tide change and come home for a bit then go out in the arvos or whatever, and I come home and I put all my prawns in a one-kilo bags and 400-gram bags. No one wants to put in that effort, so they'll go and dump them at the fish market and then they'll get rubbish money 
and I'll get twice, sometimes even three times the amount of money because I'll put that little bit of extra effort in, putting them in the bags and putting them in my freezer and then selling them for my freezer. in it so it's all stuffed up. This is easy fishing this eland. Just put a bit of bait in a trap and make a trap and just throw it in. Hope to God you catch an eel. They're not the most appealing looking things I have to say. They're alright, they just, I don't know, sometimes they bite you. But they're okay. We've got to give them a break to stop them um, getting the bends. So when they come up too quick, they blow up like their guts come out their bum. And then if you want to do, I'm doing live export or live eels for the my the Asian restaurants and that, you can't um, have them do that or then you can't sell them. I can safely say I'd never heard of that. You, get, you, get a, you wake up, you come out and all the eels are dead in the trap and you're like, oh, some bastard pulled it up. Cause they don't give them a Ben's break. They just want to see what's in it. Oh, there's mud crabs. No, it's an eel trap. That's why it says eel trap on it. Nothing had blown up, so that's good. So, yeah. what sort of haul was that? Oh, that was, I don't know, 15 kilo. So that's not bad. That's a, that's a handle, a handleable amount. I don't really want any more than that in the trap, or you have to touch them with your, sort them with your hands, and then you get bloody beat and it hurts. Sometimes when the flood's on and that, you'll get bulk amounts. And then you might have like three lifts in a trap. I've had 100 kilo in that trap, but. I'd much rather just manageable amounts. I'm just working right now, I'm gonna get a few because I haven't got a market anyway, so I'm, not, I'm doing it because I make a little bit of money out of it, it's more just for the fun of it. What's the point of catching something you can't sell? You might as well just leave them there. And I've, I could probably put a ton through the market a week and get $2, or you can go and catch 200 kilos, sell them for $15 local, I make $1,000 more than I would. So you can make, you make a little bit of money out of it just at times, but I don't, you may as well sell a little bit of product for a lot of money instead of a lot of product for a little bit of money. You just work smart. It's all about working smart, because why wreck it? I don't want to wreck the fishery. I just want to get a good premium product and you get what you get for it. And if you get good money, well, because no one wants to work for free. You go tell a carpenter to go and drop his hourly rate, he's not going to do it. Well, I'm not going to go catch fish for nothing. No one works for nothing. So how did you figure that this was a good spot? Oh, I just know. I've been doing it long enough to know when, they, when they're there and when they're not. And the bonus is it's out front of home. So it only takes me 40 minutes to finish the traps for the day and I'm done. So what are the variables then? Oh, just the wind, the tide, the moon, how much rainfall we've got, the colour of the water, the water temp. And I think that's about it. Uh, that covers a few things. There's a bit going on. I'm just so used to it now. I just know when they're going to be there and when they're not going to be there. Do you eat them? Yeah, if me and my mates have a few beers, we'll eat them. We'll be like, oh yeah, we'll get an eel out of the tank and go eat an eel. But not often. It's easier to eat a, eat a steak. I'm curious about what you feel like you've gained and then maybe what you've sacrificed to get where you are today. I lost a lot of friends. 
because they're like, oh, I'm not going to invite Paul out anymore. He's working. But then all my good friends stuck with me. Yeah, you hear a lot about yourself up the pub, don't you? Oh, that bloody young fella. Oh, his bloody does his work. Rah, 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 rah. Who cares? Like, I'm working hard. I'm doing well. I'm happy. If I was just blase about it and real and didn't work hard, I wouldn't have got anywhere. I would have still been leasing that business I was leasing eight years ago, just struggling to make ends meet. Had a few girlfriends and they get the shits with you working all the time. Well, all you do is work. Well, sorry, this is me life. I want to be a fisherman. I'm so determined to do it. And then now, luckily enough, I've got the most amazing girlfriend and she's a fisherman and she understands everything I do. And it's just, oh, it's, it's really good because she'll come out and give me her and actually show interest. And she, I come home stinking like fish. She'll still give me a hug and a kiss and won't complain. Oh, the bathroom smells like fish or the laundry smells like fish. Well, I'm a fisherman. Like, this, it's cool. I love it. I'm so lucky. I don't know any other blokers that found a fisherman missus. You caught a fisherman missus. Yeah. How good is it? My goal in life was to have a really cool dog and be a fisherman. And I've got there. And then eventually I want to have a wife and kids and... Not, that's, that's not for everyone, but I've always, I really want that. And I think I'm making my way there now. So I'm stoked. I've got what I've wanted. And it's really good. It's a good feeling. Well, how important do you think it is to bring the next generation through? Oh, it's a big thing because there's no one coming through. I could probably name, on the top of my head, probably 15 people that are young and keen because there's not many young people in it anymore. There's not many blow-ins in it either. Like my girlfriend, she's a blow-in and I'm a blow-in because... We wanted to just be fishermen for some odd reason. We wanted to do it and we went and did it. And then maybe like there's a young kid who's 14 and comes fishing with me all the time and he loves it. I really want to give him a start because he's got the passion. He reminds me of myself when I was that young. It's just, yeah, it's not many young people in it anymore. It's average age, I think 60. Like a lot of guys who fish now have either been fishing all their life and they're actually getting older or they've retired, made a shitload of money doing something else and oh, I'm going to go be a fisherman. And it's more of a hobby. But whereas I'm a through and through fisherman, like if they don't make money, I'm gonna go back to carpentry, plumbing, growing mandarins, building boats, whatever. With me, if I can't make money out of this fishing, I've gone to another method because I've spent my money on fishing. I'm not just one fisherman. I've got heaps of different fisheries. You've got all these boats. You can only be out on one boat at one time. Yeah. So how does that work? Oh, everyone laughs. It's like, oh, too many boats and not enough nippers because everyone knows me as a nipper. But yeah, I don't know. It just makes life easy. Like the eel boat's the eel boat just for catching eels. I've got the trapping boat just for doing fish traps. And then I've got the netting boat that's out front of my house. That's got set nets on it. So I'm going to go down the bottom end of the river and set some nets tonight. And then the other netting boat, that has splash nets because I used that this morning and went in splash nets. And then the other netting boat's just got um, other nets in it for when I'm catching mullet. And I wanted a bigger boat to catch mullet because generally when you get a lot of mullet, there's heaps and you don't want your boat to sink so you've got to have a bigger boat. And But it's fun because i got all these different licences and I just keeps it interesting because get a bit bored of doing the same thing every day. And even though the river's always changing and the seasons are changing and that, but sometimes you just want to do something different and, yeah, I can manage to make ends meet with all my other stuff. If, there's not, if it's not a good prawn year, I'll still manage to make money out of fish or if there's not many fish around and not many prawns around, I'll make money out of eels or make some money out of crabs and... Yeah, I'm a, just a mouldy method fisher. Not many fishers are mouldy method. Some guys are up here where I live, main guys, they all they do is trawl. So now it's wintertime, nobody's trawling because there's no prawns. Whereas with me, they're all going and doing another job, whereas I'm still fishing. I'm netting fish now and I'm eel trapping. or I'll still eel and trawl or net and trawl, just depends what's going on. 
And was that a business decision or you just wanted to keep yourself amused? It was amused and also I want to be a fisherman. I don't want to be like a part-time fisherman because a lot of the guys still now are part-time fishermen. Like, so I know a lot of fishermen, like they were really good fishermen, but they drive the car ferry to get across the river because they still needed that steady income because they wanted to pay their home loan repayments and put their kids through school because they couldn't always make money out of fishing. Whereas for some reason, I'm lucky. I just always, all my money, all my money comes from fishing and that's it. Not any other bit, not any other boat or anything has been made, and nothing's been bought from anything but fishing. Like, I haven't had to go get a job for a couple of weeks just to get by. It's never happened. I've just, sometimes I get offered, like, come back to roofing, do roofing, but I don't need to do it because I know I can make ends meet fishing and when times are tough, I'll still get through and I always have. Are you lucky or are you good? I don't know. I think I'm lucky. But then I could be good at it too. It all seems to just fall into place. And then if it don't happen, I make it happen. So, yeah. I'm pretty cruisy about it. It's just fun. That was Paul Aquilina, a young multi-fisher who dreamed of being a fisherman and having a cool dog. I was lucky enough to meet his dog Skip, and I can safely say that he is a very cool dog, so I suppose that means that Paul is officially living his dream. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Propagate, which is brought to you by the able deckhands at the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries Young Farmer Business Program. If you'd like to reel in more Propagate, you can download the entire first season at your favourite podcast fishing hole. My name's Corey Haig. Thanks for listening.